Let us pray. A God of grace and mercy, it is your delight to reconcile us to you. So give us courage to follow your spirit of truth and to hear the wider truth. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Please be seated. In today's economy, we see the haves and the have-nots. We see a reality or paradigm of truth and liar. But I would say to you, as good people of the follower of the way, the truth and the life, that in God's economy, justice and truth transform the voiceless and the heartless. We have today in our story a widow who's voiceless and a judge who's fearless of God and heartless. But we want to look as people who follow the way, the truth, and the life at God's way. To do so requires courage. The root word of courage is cur, which is to show up with your whole heart, to be all in, to put it all in the game, to dare to be seen and connect with God and one another. I would say to you that to live with heart requires tenacity. That when you fall down, you get back up. That when you're beaten down, you keep on telling the truth. So I find it interesting that Jesus starts this parable before even the parable is told with two things which will be required for those who follow him as the way, the truth, and the life. He says to pray continuously. I would equate that with staying connected with God, <coughs> yourself. To be in an ongoing conversation with him. A friend of mine never says amen because she said, I'm never done. We're just in one big talk all day long. They pick up where they left off like all good friends do. The second thing that he urges us is to not lose heart. I would say another way of putting that is to not lose courage. Then he tells us of these two unlikely characters that are in relationship. Not an ideal relationship, but in relationship. You see, normally these two people would not be in any kind of relationship if it weren't for the one's courage to tell the truth. Because in that day, a judge and a widow would not travel in the same social circles. In fact, the widow would not even be given the right to go to court to be heard. 
She was a nobody in that culture, an unseen, as good as dead. Right. And then we have this judge who doesn't even respect God, and he's pretty plain spoken about it, nor does he, he doesn't fear God, nor does he respect his fellow man. So what in the world, I wondered, happened to transform this widow to use her voice in a society where she has no say and wasn't even seen? I'd say it's a miracle, really. I would say that maybe Jesus is using her as a picture of gospel transformation and what happens when the voiceless dare to share their truth with the powers that be. Systems are changed. Justice prevails. Relationships are reconciled, restored. You see, this woman dared to be seen, to make herself heard. In the kingdom of heaven, the reality is is that all persons have value no matter who they are. They are seen and heard by God. And here I would say that Jesus may be calling us to be a different, in a different sort of relationship with one another where Imagine this, power is shared, and truth is found by listening to the least of these in our midst, not just the powerful. You see, this woman didn't accept her status quo. I dare to say that she had moved way beyond her comfort zone, and her fear of what others would say or think about her to make herself heard and seen. If any of you have a shy bone in your body, you know how hard that is, right? It's much easier to stay in the shadows. I would imagine that she had to pray continuously to not lose heart. Maybe there was another woman in her midst that was encouraging her to speak out. The beautiful thing is is that in this instance, shame and social norms did not keep her down. Faith in a just God gave her the courage to hope that even this unjust God, this unjust judge, excuse me, could and very possibly would render justice. Even this one that does not fear God and disrespects mankind, he too was transformed by relating to this woman as annoying as she was. I wonder, could this be a picture of what is required of us to ensure that in fact there will be faith on earth when Jesus returns? Could it be that we, followers of the way, the truth, and the life, will be the ones to usher in the kingdom of heaven on earth as we learn to operate the currencies of relationship and truth, which make room for the voiceless in our midst to be heard and seen, 
to actually enter into what is their perspective, to value it as a part of the whole truth, to say it matters what you see, and I want to take it into consideration. More than that, I want us to arrive at a truth that we all can come to and embrace. As we listen to our current discourse in our nation, we see that it is lacking in respect. It is lacking in courage. The courage to listen. The courage to take on another's perspective. We see blaming and shaming and name-calling. I would dare say it is not our proudest moment as a nation because our candidates have resorted to the very base human response. It doesn't seem that they have God in mind or the spirit of truth guiding. You see, we live in a world conditioned by either-or thinking. Something is either true or false. Do you remember all those true-false tests you took in school? As I said earlier, many prefer the simplistic and often adversarial approach to truth because it's easier to define truth by proving that others lie. When we use this tactic, we lose opportunity to know the truth about each person's thinking, their life experience, their humanness, and what it was that led them to disagree in the first place. Perhaps it's easier to claim one's own experience as the only truth, and thereby you don't have to listen to another's perspective. How different the discourse would be if they simply could learn to listen. Listen for the spirit of truth that calls us to attempt to understand the multiple points of view that are being shared in our midst. But this truth-discerning process is always messy. And as Christians, we must wrestle with Jesus' call to love our enemy. It's a radical demand of the spirit of truth, and we can't know the truth unless we're willing to see the conflict from our, our enemy's viewpoint. This is the challenge to see the world from God's perspective, not just my own. This requires us to stay connected to God, ourselves, and others through continuous prayer, to suspend our judgments, to listen with curiosity. Yes, God created this world with many different people and nations who all have their ways of living. And the reality is, is that God loves us all, even those that I consider my enemy. So what in the world are we to do? I would say that we are to call to follow the spirit of truth, which doesn't see the world in 
either or thinking. Desmond Tutu says this, differences are not intended to separate, to alienate. We are different precisely in order to realize our need for one another. When we cut off another and their perspective, we cut off learning and being more whole. So imagine a community that is flowing in the currency of truth. The reality is that it starts with its most vulnerable member and hearing their truth. And from that perspective, others then share their truth. And then together, we discern the wider, more inclusive truth and what to do about it. God brought justice through Christ. Justice means to be reconciled, made whole. He came to reconcile the whole world with his saving embrace. I believe Today, like no other time, we, the followers of the way, the truth, and the life, are called to be ones, to make space, to listen to all perspectives, discern truth. It's hard work. That's why the world's not doing it. But it is our gift to the world. Because through it, we embolden the voiceless. We humble ourselves as those who have voice. And we find a greater truth that brings life, that brings wholeness. Amen.